Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. You know, when I look at different people in this auditorium, um, there is distinctives that come to mind. I look at Hannah Banks, who last week was so articulate, and I look at her, and among many things I know about her, I go, she's intelligent, right? Who feels that way about Hannah Banks? Just intelligent. She's amazing uh, and anointed in the way that God has graced her mind to solve complex problems in her generation, right? And I look at people like Gabe, who is up here leading praise tonight, and, and and I go, he is creative. He is a worshipper. He's got breakthrough on his life. I look at those things about him. I look at James Collis, who is soon to marry Talia Broadstock. And I go, you're an athlete. He's just an eerie athlete among many, many other things, right? Amazing. And I could go around and say the same thing. When I think of God, And there's so many things I could say, so many ways I've experienced Him in my life. I would say one of the primary ways is that God is a sender. God loves sending things, sending His presence. And maybe you felt His presence in worship tonight, sending His Son, Jesus, right? Sending His prophets and, of course, sending his sons and daughters to fulfil their purpose on the earth to see his kingdom come in this generation. God is a sender. And um, we are made in his image. And so maybe you've wondered why. Why do I have this itch inside to see the world, to make my mark on the world, to have a great adventure in God? Has anyone sensed that in their heart at some stage? God, just send me somewhere to have an adventure for you. I'll go anywhere, God. Um, And can I just say tonight, sometimes it's misplaced. Sometimes we, we don't really know what to do with that. And sometimes you're like, God, why have you got me stuck at home with all this destiny on the inside of me? Who's ever felt that, right? Um, can I just say, part of it is that you are made in the image of God and He is ascending God and He's put destiny in your heart, eternity in your heart to be as his son or his daughter, to have a great adventure for him, to have a purpose in Jesus Christ, to solve, I believe, Hannah, complex problems in the world today. There are people that are called, do you know, some of the problems that you're going to solve didn't exist in previous generations. And some of what you are walking into and some of what I'm about to say tonight relates to this, because you don't even know, you have a sense of God's calling on your life, but you don't even know exactly how He's going to fit you into His perfect plan because how He's going to use you has never been seen before. Isn't that an amazing, amazing thought? You know, when it comes to sending, Horizon Church has been doing a lot of sending. I want to put it up on the screen if I can. Um, What was once, and I grew up in a church right here on this block with Barry and Deidre Moore as my Sunday school teachers, we were Horizon Church Sutherland Shire. If we've got that screen, that would be amazing. And we were one church in one location. 
And then who knows, because of the sending heart of God, um, there are more communities, more people to be reached, more people that need to know the love of Jesus and how selfish, and I say this of myself, how selfish of me to think He would only contain it to the Sutherland Shire because there was people in Dunsborough that needed to experience His love. And then... St Andrews came along later that same year in 2020 and through that literally we have seen tens upon tens upon tens of salvations through the church and our youth. We won Youth of the Year, all that kind of thing because God is ascending God and God actually has Sydney Southwest in His heart. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say Amen tonight. God is ascending God. Um, Then we had online and it wasn't just because of COVID we discovered that actually our viewership has been stronger post-COVID because who knows, there are nations and places that need to experience the love of Jesus online. There are even underground places that are listening into our online service right now and experiencing Jesus' love in a dry and weary land because... Horizon Church was sent. And then, of course, Roddy Island, which is forming life groups and seeing kingdom come on that island. Perth is in the heart of God. And can I just say, there is some immensely exciting things going on in the space of Perth. You know, Pastor Brad said last week, we announce things, but it doesn't follow that it happens immediately. Can I encourage you, if you have not listened to this morning's Word, if you weren't able to be here, or or you're a son and a daughter who's been sent to a campus, like an Ali Jerusalem or a Pam Broadstock or a Julian Broadstock, and you're in a campus this morning, um, please listen to that Word, because there is a timing on these things. And can I just say, we are currently about eight months pregnant with Perth, if you go with the metaphor, right? The baby is about to be born, all right? It's very exciting. And then ultimately, Parramatta, we're probably about five months pregnant with her. She's a her, all right? So we've got babies being born everywhere. Why? Because sons and daughters, because God wants to send sons and daughters to bring about His kingdom, because God's heart is too big to keep them all to Himself, because God's love is too big just to be experienced in one location, because campuses house the harvest. This confetti is just coming out of, I'm like, they're showers of glory, right? It's so good. It's so good. Thank you, youth, for Horizon Fest on Friday night. So good. Come on. Come on. (laughs) So, so good. God is ascending God. (laughs) Ask and you'll receive. That's very true. (laughs) But come back to me. Come back to me. I I did good spirit thing. Come back to me. Now you're all going to watch that snowflake as it falls to the ground and hits... That's it, Ellis. It was nearly you. It was nearly you. We've got it. We've got it. (laughs) We've got it. So, so good. Campuses house the harvest because people need to be reached where they're at. Thank you, Jesus, that Norm Armstrong had a vision for Sutherland Shire. Thank you, because that's where I experienced the love of God. I wonder where else people will experience the love of God. Well, this, uh, tonight, I was about to say this morning, um, I, I want to uh, talk about tonight an encounter with God. Who's come for an encounter tonight? Who's come 
for an encounter with the Word, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, whispering to you in your seat, stirring your heart tonight. I want to talk about an encounter because I do believe it's a word for us right now. I actually preached out of this passage last year, but I believe there's more gold God wants to mine. So let's have a look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 8. I love this passage. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So Isaiah the prophet lost a good king. There was a good season that happened. Good things have happened in your past. Good things have happened in this church. But he goes seeking God when things begin to change. I saw the Lord high and exalted. Tonight I believe some people are going to see Jesus seated on a throne and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him was seraphim. They are burning ones, the burning angels. They're like described as fire angels, right? And each one of them with six wings. Two wings, they covered their faces. Two wings, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. If only mothers had six hands. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, they're roaring. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Listen to this. The earth is filled with His glory. Not with trash, not with failure, not with sin, they see above it all to the purposes of God to fill the earth with His glory. Who can see it that God wants to change what is going on and He wants to use sons and daughters? At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've told too many dirty jokes. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand. Don't tell me that's not intimidating. Which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said... Because he'd seen the glory of Jesus. He had seen God's glorious plan for the earth. He had seen that there was many, many more souls to be reached for His glory. He said, here am I, send me. Or send me, I will go. And tonight I want to talk about this encounter. He had an encounter. And lots happens when we're in the presence of God encountering Him. We can get healed. He can deal with issues of unforgiveness. He can heal our broken heart. And I want to talk about three things that happened in this encounter. First of all, he saw God's holiness. And all that means, if you've been around religious circles, you might think that's like, that's really, uh, you know, awe-inspiring and must be really special. But can I just say God's holiness is His completeness, His perfection, He's all together. He's whole. There's nothing missing. And I reckon Isaiah looking upon God's holiness said, I'm not whole, but gazing upon you, I can be made whole. Maybe you feel like that tonight. I'm too messy. I'm too torn apart. And can I just say tonight, He is making you whole. As you gaze upon Him, as you worship Him, He is making you whole, not out of your lack of wholeness, but out of His holiness. But the second thing that happens is that the seraphim is saying, the whole earth is filled with His glory. Can I just say the answer 
is not looking at the darkness in the world. The answer is actually seeing God's purposes in the world to fill it with His glory. You know, it says in Habakkuk, He wants to fill the earth with His Word and knowledge of His Word like waters the sea, waters over the sea. God actually has a plan to fill the earth with His glory, not to destroy it, destroy the people of it. God's heart is so loving, He wants to fill it. But not only that, He encounters the restoration of God. He cleanses his lips. He cleanses his hands. He cleanses his heart. And can I just say, if you're in the room and you are hearing about sons and daughters tonight and giving into an offering by faith and you're like, well, it doesn't really, really relate to me because I'm too messed up. I'm too, I'm, I'm basic, I'm disqualifying myself before I even start. I want to say, requalify yourself tonight for the vision offering. Requalify yourself to be sent as a son and daughter. There is no failure too great that God can't make it right. There is nothing that His coals can't touch. There is nothing that, that the blood of Jesus can't make new again. You are restored. And so my question is, what is Isaiah's response to seeing all this in this encounter? How do we respond to a God that is so glorious, that loves us, that puts us back together, that changes our lives from the inside out? Well, the only response is, send me, I will go. And so I want to talk about tonight the three ways that he goes. And that is, because I actually believe tonight, I'm speaking to a generation of Isaiahs. I'm speaking to some Isaiahs in the room tonight that have a deep stirring and a deep stamping from God to do something profound for Him. And maybe you've sensed it from a child. Maybe you have sensed it once upon a time. And I even really sense, uh, Andrew and I were talking, I sensed some people and you've hit middle age and gone, well, that was youth. That was childhood. Those dreams are gone now. And God is saying, no. God is saying, if you will just open your heart tonight and say, send me, I will go. Let me reawaken those dreams. Let me put seed in your hand to sow. Let me re-engage you in this son's and daughter's dream in the heart of God. So I want to talk tonight, first of all, about send me, I'll go with my life. You know, this is fascinating to me that he starts with this, that, that he sees God and hears God in the throne room of God. And maybe you've heard the voice of God, an impression, a word from God as someone prophesied over you, reading the Word of God and the Holy Spirit just really lights up a passage or a word. He hears the voice of God. And he hears God say, who will go for us? I am burning with love for humanity. I am burning with love for the world. I am burning to see places to house my harvest. Who will go for me? And can I just say, Isaiah's response is, I will go. But let me unpack that. There was no time constraint. It wasn't, I'll go in 10 years when I'm married. Or I'll go and I'll participate in the vision offering and I'll go and I'll be sent when I've had kids and when I've had my career and when I've built it up to the heights that I've got in my heart. No, there was no time constraints. He's ready now or ready to be sent when God wants him to be sent. No time constraints, no geography. He doesn't qualify where he's gonna be sent to, right? I'll go to Paris or Hawaii or I'll go anywhere, Lord, but I'm not going to dot, dot, dot. 
I kind of had that view of life at some points in my life. God, I will be sent to India, to China. God, I'm not even kidding you. I will die a martyr, Lord, but I'm not going to stay in the Sutherland Shire. And like, now I love the Sutherland Shire, don't get me wrong. Like I, I am passionate about it and I sense the call of God, right? But the thing with Isaiah is he said, here am I, I will go. Send me, I will go. Do you know where God sent him? Home. Go home, Isaiah. Go home and speak to your people. And not only that, it's going to be hard. They're not going to respond to what you say initially. It's actually not going to be obvious that they're, that they're responding. I want you to just say, I'll go, but I'll qualify later and you're going home. So there's no geographical location, no costing or constraint. He doesn't say, let me, let me qualify. I've got about 10 bucks in the bank account. Once it's built up, then I will go. No costing or constraint. Some of us are like, yeah, look, the Lord says count the cost. But I want to say tonight, he says count the cost. He doesn't say qualify the cost to me and tell me how much you're willing to pay. He says count the cost and the cost is all. He wants all of you. He wants all of you, all of your life. You know, he wasn't, he would hit that the answer was given before he was sent. He actually was given to the Lord before he was sent. The answer was yes, what's the question, Lord? The answer was yes, what's the question, Lord? And so Isaiah's response was one of complete trust. Can I say to you tonight, if you've given your life to the Lord Jesus, if you have said yes to Him on an altar call, in your heart if you've said yes to Him in your quiet time, if you responded, it actually says in 2 Corinthians 6 that you are not your own, you were bought at a price, right? And God is calling a new generation of people who will say, yes, God, send me to my family. Yes, Lord, send me to a campus. I don't know where the campus is yet, Lord, but I will be one of your sent sons and daughters. I'll say yes to you. I will be sent to my school. I'll be sent anywhere you say, Lord. The answer is yes. What's the question, Lord? He didn't set the parameters. But not only that, not only was he sent with his life, I would like to say that he said, send me, I'll go with my finances and my resources. And you're like, I didn't read that, Christy, when you read the passage. Let me unpack it a little bit for you. Many commentators say Isaiah was royal blood. Many commentators say that he was highly influential. Now, even if you don't read the commentators, you look at the book of Isaiah and you go, this guy has got his ducks in a row. This guy has got his gear together. He writes a book of the Bible that is 66 chapters that is like a summary of the Bible of 27 chapters of God's judgment upon Israel and 39 of God's redemption. It is like a reflection of the whole Bible. He is highly articulate, highly significant, Don't tell me that guy didn't have earning power. Don't tell me that guy didn't have resources to hold back from God. Don't tell me that he would have reasons not to go. And yet he did. Whatever the cost, he knew that his favour was given for something. Do you know God has put 
favour upon your life for a reason. And let me just say, if you are here tonight and you're like, but I'm not favoured, I'm not like these young professionals that God has got His hand on in industry, like Paul that is going to revolutionise medicine, like Hannah who I've mentioned, like um, Tavi and Fola who are revolutionising public health, like the many, like Sam who is just uh, from the inside out transforming operations and NGOs. You might say, but I'm not like them. And I'd like to say to you, God has put you in a country that actually privileges you, that He's put resource in your hand, that He's put you in a place where you've heard the Word of God and He's calling a new generation to respond to that and say, I will go, Lord, whatever the cost, I'll respond, God, when you require me to give. I'll have faith in my heart, a a response of faith to you as I give. You know, when we're sent, when we live sent, when we say, send me, I will go, we actually shift from a place of ownership. My life is my own. My cash is my own. My dog is my own. (laughs) My car is my own. My energy is my own. We shift from a place of ownership to stewardship. Lord, it's all yours my bank account, my earning potential, all the days of my life, God, belong to You. You know, it's so interesting in 2 Corinthians, and if I could have keys up, that would be amazing. Paul speaks to a church that in some ways, not always, is just like ours. It's in a a city that is relatively well off relatively middle class. And Paul is appealing to that church, the Corinthians. And he says to them, I want you to give. I want you to contribute to a crisis. I actually want you to be stirred in faith in your heart, in response to the need, in response to the call of God. And he actually uses the example of the Macedonians. Let me read it to you. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace of God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of very severe trials, so much poorer church going through much more. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their capacity or ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. Listen to this. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. They gave generously. They gave in faith because they were first sent. They gave themselves first to the Lord and the generosity flowed out of that and they live sent in their giving. You know, if you are having a struggle um, with giving to the Lord, if you're having struggle, you're like, why is this church talking about tithes and offerings, vision offering, generosity? Can I ask you the question? Just go back a step and ask first, can I say, Lord, Here am I, send me, send me, I will go. Because it's in the sending of you first unto the Lord that then the finances are sent as a byproduct. Finances in and of themselves, generosity in and of itself 
is the fruit of a life given to the Lord. Unless you yourself are sent, you will never send your finances. And the truth is you can only give when you have already been given. I've been revisiting and reading um, a biography about a man called Reese Howes. And God took him on an incredible journey of life surrender, of going, you are not your own Reese. I have a purpose for you. I want to send you. I want to use you. And God, long story short, God used him powerfully in prayer and intercession, some of the stories would um, raise the hair on your neck. It is just some of the battles in World War II that changed their course because of the prayer and intercession of Reese Howes and his contemporaries. It, it, it is just mind-blowing. Um, but God used him in Africa to, to see many souls come to know the love of Jesus. He, he used him in so many ways. But later in his life, he said, Reese, I want to get a hold of your finances. I want, to, I want you to actually see a new level of stewardship. I want you to say, this is not mine. This is fully yours, God. I want you to follow me in a new way of radical generosity, which is mind-blowing because he'd already been radically generous. But God trained him and God required him and God had him looking to him for greater measures of radical generosity. And ultimately, God wanted Reese House to believe for literally equivalent of modern day millions of dollars worth of property. Why? For sons and daughters to be sent to the nations through the Bible college that he ran. Can I just say through his radical generosity, his laid down life of send me, I will go, not only with my life, but with my finances. If you speak to me, Lord, about an amount, $5, $5,000, it's all the same to the Lord. It's about your obedience and your willingness to go with your finances. Well, Reinhard Bonnke actually came out of Reese House Bible College, one of the greatest soul winners that has ever walked the earth. Every soul that has encountered Jesus Christ in Africa through the ministry of Reinhard Bonnke can be attributed to Reese Howe's generosity and radical revelation of stewardship. There was an amazing man, Robert Liturnau, in the early 20th century, and he invented much of the earth-moving machinery, some of which we still use, and he was incredibly, incredibly wealthy. And many of his contemporaries looked on at him as he gave so much of his wealth of what God had put in his life through his successful businesses, the favour that God had put on his life. And many of his friends laughed at him. Like, Robert, what are you doing, mate? Like, your lifestyle could be so different. Why are you funding these churches throughout the continents? Why these campuses? Why these places for sons and daughters to be trained? He started a Christian university to raise the next generation to do mighty feats for God. And Robert responded to them with the classic, the question is not how much of my money I give to God, but rather how much of God's money do I keep for myself? Because the truth was, he was already sent and therefore his finance was sent. He was laid down. He said, send me Lord, I will go. And God powerfully, powerfully used his life. 
you know, I want to say the vision offering for me, what I see for our church. And can I just say in this moment in time, but it, it, it relates to everyone in the room, but I've really had on my heart to say, if you are 18 to 35 in this room, I feel this vision offering for you is a clarion call to say to the Lord, send me, I will go. With, without, without reservation, Lord, to go before Him in prayer and say, God, I will go with my finances. My heart is open to hear You. I'm on my knees, Lord, to hear You. My heart is soft, God. You have me. And you have all of me, my finances, my life decisions. If you are single here, this is for you. Don't wait until you're married. Both Andrew and I, as young adults and teenagers, actually even younger than that, said, God, send me, I will go. And I took my babysitting money and I would prepare for the vision offering of our church and invest and contribute to what we're seeing now. I believe there are some in this room and for the very first time, God is gonna stir your heart about a significant gift. I will never know about that. That is between you and the Lord. And He's gonna stir your heart to be a part of a miracle in a new generation, to put a stake in the ground for a new generation financially, to actually purchase property for the Kingdom of God, to see sons and daughters sent. I believe that this vision offering is a clarion call to a new generation. You know, in all of this, the whole kit and caboodle behind this send me, I will go, ultimately is about revealing Jesus. You know, Isaiah, when you look at the works of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, Jesus is in every page. You can't study Christology, can't study Jesus without studying Isaiah because He said, send me, I will go. And Jesus was revealed to a generation and to our generation. Ultimately, this is about a revelation of Jesus. But can I just say, not just to a lost and lonely and dying world in need of Jesus, but you, you, as His chosen son and daughter, will never fully experience the full breadth of His glory unless you open your heart to the possibility of saying, Lord, here I am, send me, I will go. Would you stand with me tonight? With every head bowed and every eye closed, there's two groups of people I want to pray for tonight before Pastor Tim comes up to help me just to explain what we're doing on the 25th of June. And the first group of people is maybe you've come tonight and if you're a Christian in the building, if you know Jesus, this is your time to pray. This is your time to say, send me Lord, right in this moment to pray for every heart in this room, to pray for every person that's come tonight that may not know Jesus. And maybe you've come tonight and as I'm reading the Scripture about Isaiah, a prophet, an ancient prophet actually, all that time ago, encountering the glory of God. And you've been wondering, does God even exist? Does He? And if He does exist, does He love me? Does He see me? 
And I want to say tonight in a room with a substantial amount of people in it, the Bible actually says He knows how many hairs are on your head. He has micro vision in this room. He loves you. He's earmarked you. Maybe you've come tonight and you're going through pain. Isaiah went into the presence of God because he was experiencing a loss in his life. Maybe you too have experienced loss in your life. And you're like, God, I don't even know where to go anymore. Can I just say, tonight He's brought you here to experience His presence, to touch you with His presence so that you can know Him, so that your heart can be filled up again, so that the broken places can be put back together again. I said God is holy before, and it's not a religious catch cry. What it means is He is whole and He will make you whole. He is perfect and He will make you perfect. So we're going to pray a prayer tonight for every person that is here. We're all going to pray it together. People every single week in this church pray this prayer and their lives become right with God. They're filled with His love and their life is completely transformed from the inside out. So if that's you tonight and you've come for the first time, maybe you come for a few times and you need to say yes to Jesus. You need to say there is something real about this. I sense that my heart is burning. We talk about the burning ones in the presence of God. Maybe your heart is burning. Your heart is pounding. Why don't you pray this prayer tonight and make your life right with Jesus? Let's pray, church, with faith in our heart. Dear Lord Jesus, thank You that You love me. Thank You that in a crowd, You see me. Thank You for reaching out to me tonight. I say yes to You. I give You my life. I give You my heart. Wash me clean, make me new, put me back together again. Thank you that tonight I've become yours. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If tonight your greatest need is to come back to Jesus or come to Him for the first time, you don't need to have all the answers. On the count of three, I'm going to get you to give me a wave just so I can see and maybe one or two other trusted leaders. So, In a moment, I'm going to pray a general prayer of you. I just want to know who I'm praying for, that you experience His love. So on the count of three, you said yes to Jesus tonight. One, two, three. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, mate. That's awesome. Is there anybody else tonight that wants to join those brave two that have said, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus tonight? Maybe you've come and you're like, I'm just not sure. Can I just say, it's not a night to go home unsure. It's a night to say an unequivocal, yes, I need your peace, Lord. Yes, I want to know you. Would you give me a wave if you said yes to him tonight and you're joining those two? Thank you, God. I'm just going to hold for one more moment. Why don't you give me a wave if you said yes to him tonight? God, I just thank you. Fill these ones with your presence, God. Let them know that they are not alone, God. Let them know that that You are real and that You are for them, not against them. Thank You that tonight, God, You have taken them, God, out of the kingdom of darkness, as the Bible describes, and into the kingdom of the Son that You love. You've forgiven their sins tonight, God. You've washed them clean. And God, tonight is the beginning of an incredible adventure with You. So I declare Your goodness over them tonight. Now the other group of people. If that's you tonight and you feel stirred afresh, no matter what your age or stage or your career or your department in the church or what's happened in your life, you're like, God, 
I need to say tonight, send me, I will go afresh. God, a lot of life is built up. Maybe for you, I sense there's someone in the room tonight and you're like, just so much life has happened. God, I used to be so pure uh, toward you. I used to have such a simplicity and an uncluttered heart towards giving and going and responding to your voice. Tonight you can respond to Him. If that's you, you're saying a fresh Lord. I wanna say, here I am, send me. Send me, I will go. I wanna give God, I wanna serve. I wanna respond to your voice. For you, it may just be simply, I just wanna open my heart to the possibility that you might wanna say something to me about the vision offering. If that's you, would you open your hands tonight? Open your hands tonight and surrender. God, I just thank You right now, God. I just thank You all across this place, Holy Spirit. Would You speak to every individual from the youngest to the oldest, God? Would You touch their heart afresh, God? Lord, would You deal with the barriers, God, in their hearts that disqualify them, that they think, I can't go, I can't go. There's people in the room tonight with your hands raised and you're like, I've just got this massive crippling anxiety issue and God is saying, I can deal with that. You're not disqualified. There's some in the room that have said, I've participated in vision offerings before. It's just been a long time and I'm, I'm weary. Maybe you are weary in doing good. Maybe this morning you resonated with that. I'm weary in doing good, God. Right now, would you stretch out your hands? Would you stretch out your hands and receive the freshness of the Holy Spirit? Right now, thank You for Your freshness, God. Fresh vision, God. Fresh vision, God. Fresh vision, God. I just thank You, God, for those that have done this for a long time, God, that this would be fresh, God. Fresh, God. Fresh for them, God. Fresh for them, God. Thank You, God, for what You're doing in the heart of every individual. God, as every single person, God, in the next week or so goes before You, Holy Spirit, speak to them in Jesus' Name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.